What's good, B? How you doing? I'm, I'm good. How you doing? Wake your ass up, boy. It's 8 a.m. on the West Coast. It's about, you know, about 11 over the East. Money getting made. Wake up, Brandon. It's Friday. Wake up. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's do it. What do, what do you want me to do? A couple uh, lines of liquid Drano or something? A couple shots of liquid Drano? Get the day started? Wow, liquid Drano. That was taking me back to college in the early 2000s. The cheapest of liquor. Let's start the damn show. <laughs> liquid Drano. Oh, my God. That was like the worst shot ever. What up, what up, what up? Jason Spelter, New York City. Brandon Edler in Los Angeles. Brandon. Emi Udoku. We getting right into it. This is the show, bro. A lot of, yeah, NFL talk. We done done that shit already. Emu, Ime Udoku. That's your theme. That's how we start in this episode. It's, it's man, I, I know we've talked about it so much in the past 24 hours, just between our text messages, but it's just like, you know, so many thoughts, like, how did this happen? How did it get so out of hand so quickly? It seems like it's been a big topic within the Celtics organization for a week. But I think like the one thing you and I have been talking about is why did this become such public information? Like I get, had he got suspended, we would have figured it out. Something would have had to come up at some point, but the degree of information that got out there in the way that it did so quickly just felt very irresponsible. Uh, Shams, Sharania, tweeting out a couple hours ago and his article for the athletic some members of the celtics organization first became aware in july of the intimate relationship between emi and a female employee um and then goes on to say in a post that when they that the team reportedly launched an investigation after the woman recently accused udoku of making unwanted comments towards her so they thought it was consensual in july but i guess since things have transpired, it's become, I don't want to say less consensual, but unwanted comments have been made by Doko. This is by, from Sham Sharania. Uh, I, I, I vacillate between these two things. It seems excessive, right? A year suspension for a consensual relationship. On the, on the just headline culture we live in, that seems a bit excessive. That being said, everyone listening to this goes into a workplace. When you signed your workplace, they explicitly told you about relationships in the workplace and that if it's between a subordinate or someone of power and someone who isn't in power, that you will be fired, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I I vacillate between, yeah, most workplaces, like every workplace I've ever been in, don't sleep with the coworkers. You can't get fired. This situation, ah, it shouldn't be suspended for a season, right? Like, and in the middle of me vacillate between these two things, there is such a small amount of information that is out, right? Like, go back to the vague tweet that we saw that put it out. He's going to get suspended for breaking a team rule. And, and also, like, that, that was put out at, like, 5 in the morning or something like that. Like, it's just everything I mean, seems the Celt- so the Celtics leaked it. The Celtics leaked that for sure. to get it out. Um, for sure. And then they leaked it out at that time to minimize – people calling them right like Woj tweeted out at midnight in Boston nobody was answering their phone that bought them roughly an extra eight to ten hours to figure out how they wanted to address it it's the same equivalent where like when politics dumps news they dump it you know whether it's a congressman or governor or whatever it's always a news dump at 4 30 on a Friday because you don't have time to mobilize and that buys them the weekend to get their story right they tried to do this in this regard. It didn't work. 
the lack of information has created situations in which I am a woman who's vice president of player development has been falsely accused as being the woman who had sexual relations with Emi Udoku. She is not. She has come out and reporters have come out to say she is not the woman involved. But once it gets to the internet, you can't pull it back. Right. So it just feels as if this has been poorly laid out. And at the same time, it's created a situation where it's just, it feels, it feels as if, as if it is excessive when we all know that this is just typical company policy. Yeah, and, and the two schools of thought that go along with it beyond, I mean, we could talk in circles with how this was handled, the irresponsibility behind it. But then the other ones we talked about yesterday, this has become such a huge story in less than 24 hours. And again, not saying that, you know, the merit of what happened wasn't wrong, but, you know, this has really been blown up to, you know, probably one of the worst punishments. And then you compare it to Sarver. Sarver got a year. And I get it. One was by the league. One was by the Celtics. I don't care. Sarver got a gear for his pattern of misbehavior and a lot worse behavior than what we're talking about here. And, you know, a year versus a year, don't really understand how you can. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off because right. Yeah. Like the, the issue with Sarver is the, the NBA investigated, they have their pattern and they have in theory, the communication or secondhand of the communications and things he said. Um, once again, playing the media advocate here, we don't have all the information, right? So like, we can say this is aggressive and egregious. How dare this happen in, in two weeks, a list of text messages or belittling messages that hypothetically, right? Like may have occurred between Udoku and this, um, female staffer, and that may change our approach to it. It definitely could. And to your point, maybe it wasn't as consensual as we thought it was. But just going based off the facts that were given to us, and it seems like these facts have been given by the Celtics who did the investigation. So that's why, you know, the reply to the one year versus one year. But then the other thing we said, too, is like, this is all over. This is messy. It's messy towards the families. It's messy towards the kids. But then compared to the Brett Favre situation, has ESPN like talked about that for more than 30 seconds? It's just really interesting what becomes a huge story over there and what doesn't. Well, I mean, look, sex sells, bro. No one wants to hear legal stuff. As, as, as difficult as it is for me to break that down, right? Like we can tell you Brett Favre did this, but the legal process moves quick. He's wealthy and pretty much Mississippi is, once again, Mississippi. You know, he could face some potential charges for this. But that's months, weeks down the line. This is immediate. But he made a dope. I, I, I can that. But look at, look at who was affected there. by it, though. I mean, this situation, it's literally two families that are affected by it, more so than anything else. The Brett Favre situation, I mean, like, I saw an infograph of the money that was not properly distributed to people that the were lacking the people funds. in the state of mississippi yeah exactly and it, i mean it affected a lot a lot of people a lot of meals a lot of homeless people being put in sheltered situations at the end of the day this just affects me along and his kids and and whoever this woman is maybe her family like it, not that that doesn't matter but in the big scheme of things like it, it's salacious you know sex sales room, sex sales tmz I, but sex I mean, sales. Come on. you know i i, I'm, I get that we both are very well aware of that. I'm not saying I understand the logistics behind why this is a big thing, but have a little bit more integrity. Like this is where I would expect somebody like a Woj or a Malika Andrews to be like, you know what? There's no need to report this at the way, you know, just as often as we are. They talked about this 
you jump on YouTube, there's literally 15 clips of this story on ESPN's YouTube. Like, that's, that's egregious. Well, so here's the thing. On-air talent has no bearing on what we talk about. I walk into the studio. I can give my input, but the producer determines what we talk about. That's just life, right? Like, on the local level, yes, you as an on-air talent have more of a – like, local news level, like ABC, CBS, Fox. You have more of an ability to – manipulate or uh, outline what you say you get to the network level you get to the national level so hey this is what you're talking about now you can offer more information right like let's say Woj or uh, Windhorst or Malika were able to speak with Brad Stevens right like then you can alter it but when you walk into that morning meeting you know this is ESPN bro this is what we're talking about we need to hit this at least four times an hour yeah breaking news it's not breaking it 12 hours old this just in nothing's just in it just happened um yeah it's just like i said i I go back and forth between those two feelings about this but i maintain that all of this is created because of a lack of information the information drip is so slow that it's that it's it's dragging this down and creating narratives that aren't true um right now once again we just saw today that apparently, you know, they were saying it's consensual for 48 hours. And now it's like, well, messages towards her weren't consensual, right? And this, once again, from Shams. And after the team found out about the relationship, they launched an investigation. And she accused him of making unwanted comments towards her. So it's like it was consensual for 48 hours. And now the comments weren't consensual, right? Yeah, so it's I'm like, really interested what that means. Did, did, I mean, did they hook up the, so this is where um, i'm not even gonna get to that whole thing that's exactly just, that's bro it's like it. a lack of information is why we are where we are and while the celtics will have an interim head coach fresh off of making run to the nba finals we're not going to sound any too much because everyone else has been on it latest topic once again in the nba it involves ben simmons and ben simmons went on jj reddick's podcast look it's another podcast y'all listen to this podcast Appreciate y'all for doing it. We're going to give you the Cliff Notes version. It was a very complimentary space for Ben. You can tell that it is, as we approach the season, he needs to kind of get ahead of the storyline and create the narratives he wants to maneuver, especially after not talking for over a year, playing for over a year. Uh, I just finished listening to it before we came in the tape this morning. I'm just going to run down a couple of things um, he outlined. He did not leave the group chat, but as re- he did not leave the group chat as reported when the Nets were in the playoffs and he didn't play. Um, he said his back, he's been dealing with like disc issues. He did have surgery. Um, he's also keeping tabs on everything that everyone said. Uh, he thinks this Nets team can win a title. Of course they can. Look at the talent they have. The question is, can y'all actually show up and play? And then, you know, he talked about that last practice. He felt that the in Philly, remember when he was report, he got kicked out from Doc? He mm-hmm. said the team was like targeting him and that, you know, he told Doc he wasn't in a mental space uh, to play. And he also talked about the Trey Young, you know, the, the missed dunk when Trey was the coming play. out defensively. Yeah, yeah, the play that's now um, outlined his entire career. JJ did a really good job of explaining it. Like people, you slow it down, it looks really bad, but people don't realize how like bang, bang of a play like that is. And, you know, Ben is a past first guy he always has been yes you know it's his culture right like how he is any other player you know like great kobe bryant lebron james they turn they would I mean, LeBron aggressive. would pass yeah that. lebron would he would definitely pass that but lebron would know spatially like 
I mean, LeBron's just different, right? He's just special. He's freaking LeBron. Um, but, like, it just felt there are moments when, like, okay, look, if you want to be cynical towards Ben Simmons, you can tear him down in this. If you want to be empathetic towards Ben Simmons, you can say, wow, I never saw it this way. That's how I looked at or listened to this this podcast. I just wrapped up. I. When I when the whole situation happened, or listening to the podcast, I don't think there was anything there that surprised me. Like I, I thought Joel, I thought Doc were being a little bit harsh, but at the same time, and I thought Ben like was getting a little bit unfair criticism for everything, and, and it stems back to the media making such a big deal about the three pointers, like you know the two seasons before that. That's really what snowballed this into what it was. Let's call it a spade a spade. It had been building for a long time. But, I mean, look, like as a basketball, you know, not a pro basketball player, but somebody who's played basketball for a big portion of their life, my favorite sport to play, like I've always been criticized as well for not shooting certain situations, more of a pass-first guy. And some of it was mental. Some of it was just I had better guys that were better shooters on the floor. So saying that, look, like a lot of it is justified. Like Ben – he needed to take a little bit more responsibility for the fact that he was being a liability to the team with the way he was playing. And I think that was the bigger issue is that he seemed to be very much refusing to do that. I'm not saying that the franchise handled things the best way possible, but at the same time, like still, even after watching the interview, I'm like, yeah, I get why he's saying what he's saying, but like none of it really surprised me. Like I, understood all that I could read between the lines last year when all this was going on at the end of the day you know Ben mentally wasn't strong enough to do a lot of things on the court at that given time and that's fine doesn't make him you know a little bitch or the worst basketball player of all time it just is what it is but the good thing is it seems like he is in a better place it seemed you know the one point I thought JJ made that was really good was the whole like Look, any of us at any job, if we had been through a situation where our coworkers and our boss treated us like that, we wouldn't want to be there anymore. I thought that was valid. Well, here's the thing. I'm not mad at him for leaving Philly, right? Like, I've left employers before. If I don't want to be here, I'd go somewhere else. That You have that right as an employee. I have no problem with that. The issue is mental health was never part of the Ben Simmons conversation until the 76ers weren't paying him, right? Like, it was always back. And right. back issues are always finicky, right? Like your back hurts, your back, that's debilitating. And so he said he had L4, L5 disc problems in his back. I'm fine with that. Okay, we're not paying you till you show up. Well, now I have mental health and I can't come in. That was the thing where I, you know, I said before in this podcast, it felt like a cop-out because you never led with mental health. Absolutely I'm not saying agree. you didn't have it, but like Agreed. all of a sudden it's convenient to say that when you're not getting your money and that was in the new CBA that – if player misses time for mental health, they got to pay. Like the whole, like being upset with doc about the practice thing. That's what coaches do. Like literally, I mean, maybe other than like the very empathetic, like Steve Kerr's of the world, most coaches are going to do that to you. That's just, it is what it is, man. And I mean, it kind of goes back to what we said initially a year ago. Like he did need to have a little bit more of a tougher approach with things like it does feel like he's a little like woe is me like even the whole Shaq thing like well Shaq said he's my LSU brother look Ben I think you're misunderstanding that I think Shaq's emphasis was more on the LSU part than the brother part 
And Shaq also did say in that one interview with but TNT your brother that his you line was... Too, right? Like, your yeah. brother can say, yo, you, you messing up. You know, even with the question of the what happened with the play, you could see Ben's energy shift very quickly and get defensive. Like, you can tell Ben still... He might be in a better place, but he hasn't made peace with a lot of this stuff. He's still holding on to a lot of it. He still has some resentment towards people for it. And it's, you know, maybe that'll motivate him to play better this year. I don't know. But well, he said he was keeping time, receipts. Like, but, like, yeah. you know as well as I do, he misses three threes. This city is going to light him up. And then yeah. now he's got to play Philly. That's your division rival. You're going to go play in Boston. You're going to go on the road. Like, the NBA fans are so petty. That's why we love it. And more importantly, NBA fans are right on you. They're the only sport where you actually do interact with the fans up close. You don't do that in football. They're so far away from the bench. Hockey, they've got freaking glass up. Baseball is putting netting around. Like, Mm -hmm. they're literally sitting right behind you on the bench. So if you're out for injury, the fan's going to let you know, especially when you're on the road. Once again, I understand why he did it. And it was a complimentary space for him to do it in with someone he felt comfortable with. But getting that out, your perspective, once again, when people say they're speaking my truth, it don't mean they're not lying. And that's what it is. He's speaking his truth. But, like, he's also shading that to make himself look good. Not uh, going to hold you on too long. we got two other things to hit on basketball-wise. Basketball-wise. Why did I say basketball-wise? Why did I just <laughs> say hit on basketball-wise? Not hitting on basketball-wise. Think about me alone. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're setting me up. I'm not falling for it. I'm not falling for it. I'm just saying, no. I'm just saying. You literally told me two weeks ago, hey, man, sorry, Neil Long's off the market. <laughs> and I'll always hit you. If if you text me and I'm right, I never say I'm right. I always just send that Oprah meme where she looks at the camera and shrugs. Yes, and I send that to you. <laughs> I send that answers. to you. I do send a lot of Oprah memes. I don't know why. I just... That's usually my default. Okay, basketball-wise, LeBron James might have done the greatest thing he can do to cement his legacy as an NBA icon. Joining the likes of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Karl Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal. Only person who didn't do is Dr. J. Shave all his damn hair off, man. He posted on Instagram that he had the bald. I don't think he's going bald. I think he was just getting a fresh layer for the new piece, which we all know is a piece. Um, but if he was going bald, that just puts him up there with the icons in NBA. Bald Braun. And I think bald, bald Braun will be a menace in the NBA this season, especially after missing the playoffs last year. I don't even know what to say. Um, yes. is This is like Bruce Wayne, the Batman moment, as soon as he shaved his head, he can truly be great. Is that what you're trying to emphasize? No, nah, it's like here? Harvey Dent, man, and uh, Two-Face. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is, man. Paul Braun. Like, I mean, he posted it once again, man. Like, I, I genuinely don't think he's going to embrace the brotherhood. But <laughs> I, he, he don't want to post it a picture, bro. And everyone's talking about Paul Braun. In the in the defense of the late great Kobe Bean Bryant, everybody says he wasn't really going bald. He just didn't want to deal with it anymore and shaved it. So, but eventually, know, let's, let's if you shave it enough, for Paxar. if you shave it enough, it ain't coming back. No. That's why when I get my hair cut now, I'm like, eh, don't go too low. I'm just trying to for, make sure I have a hairline for when I get married because those I pictures will hair- last forever. Hair after that, I'm good. I don't know what that's all about. You don't care about having hair? No, it's I'm like saying you- I have. 
hair blessed by the angels. I don't know what that's all about. You see my hair. I got so much hair. It's such thick, beautiful, dark hair. Dude, you sound like you doing like a describing a girl on like OnlyFans or Tinder or something. Thick, beautiful, Sign long myself. hair. Sign me up if I was single for a girl that had that. Not you, clearly. Describing um, myself. <laughs> uh also shout out to becky heavens las vegas yeah. aces won the uh wnba championship look the woman has won as an assistant coach and when pop was out interim coach in san antonio now she's leading the uh las vegas aces you got to get a lot of her and my favorite wnba player kelsey Plum. absolutely um, yeah, you are such a fan of her. Also, I didn't know that there were so many Becky Hammonds haters. Like people in the WNBA, just in general. Like, really I mean, her own like her. player hated on her. Liz Cambage, yeah. who's no longer oh, in yeah. the WNBA. I'm glad I could set you up for that. Okay, so Becky got the job as the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, also owned by a um, the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis. And so players salaries are governed by a salary cap coaches salaries are just governed by if the owner wants to cut a check davis wanted to establish that women coaches should be compensated so he played he paid becky hammond's one million dollars liz cambage was on the roster at the time and went to twitter to then tear down she said something like ah the w where a coach can get paid more than a player keep in mind becky hammond's was playing in the WNBA when like initially started and these women weren't making any money She's right. one of the reasons why these players can make money, right? Like the initial players in the WNBA sacrificed a lot. And so Liz Cambage get upset. I'm like, hey, y'all just negotiated a new collective bargaining agreement that gave you all more money. And then B, understanding the logistics of it, it's different. It's a different pot of money. This owner is trying to establish that we need to pay coaches in the WNBA comparable salaries. And the first person hating on her was her own player. Subsequently, Liz Cambage went to L.A. and then subsequently decided she didn't want to be there and the team let her go middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, plenty of reports coming out that Liz is a bit of a problem, a little bit of an egomaniac. And you know what? I'm going to say it. How come when people go in the shop, they're always lauded as being different, but they end up being the problem, right? Antonio Brown. They probably are different. Sometimes different is just a problem. People just need to accept it. Look, man, Everybody you can be different to, like, and not be a problem. You can. You absolutely can. I agree with that. But also, like, people need to, like, it, like people can tell. Like, they can see through it. Stop trying, stop trying to change the narrative to be beneficial for yourself. Like, if you're, you know, Dennis Rodman was crazy. He just owned it. And we respected him for it. Some people just are a little bit off. Draymond Green, he's a little bit off. He admits it. I respect him for it. But the issue is now you can craft the narrative because you don't have to go through gatekeepers or book writers or interviews. You can, but at someone. the end of the day, you just hop on a podcast. See, people are going to see through that shit. And that's, that's nah. what happens with those people. And then I think they're doubly less respected because they try and put on this dog and pony show of like, I'm so misunderstood. Like like Kanye, no, you're not misunderstood. You're, you're actually kind of out there dude like it's just that simple you're great at what you do in some regards but you're also a little bit too much sway had the answers that's something we have now also found out sway had the answers people just weren't listening you gotta listen to the answers sometimes you tell people what to do they just ain't ready to hear it yet that's why i always quote goody mob listen to me now believe me later on in the future period period i i 
I'm obsessed with City Girls. My my guilty pleasures oh, right gosh. now of hip hop are City Girls and NBA Young Boys' new album. And that's all we have for this show. <laughs> Yo, okay, so listening to NBA Young Boy now, I feel like if I were like a Tupac or Biggie fan listening to Cash Money in 1999, like I could see the court because you know Young Boys from uh, New Orleans, so that kind of that ethos and the beat is still kind of there, just not the exact same as Manny Fresh. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like. I can see why old hip hop heads, specifically from the East Coast, were like looking down on Cash Money. They weren't valuing it. And Young Boy, like, just listen to the first song of the album. Get at me. It's Ratchet. It's Hood. It's some shit I like to listen to. I like Ratchet Hood stuff. I can't. I can't explain. It. All doing right. Ratchet things with his hood friends. You know, I've the t- the ter- name of the show is Clatchet. I prefer to be a Clatchet than a Okay. Okay. Classy and Ratchet. You know. Wear black Air Force Ones with a suit. That's kind of that really sounds like an STI. I'm not gonna front, but you do you, bro. <laughs> well, Juicy J might. Juicy J might. Not me, but you, know. you, you say no to Clash. You say no to Ratchet. Juicy J can't. All right, look. <laughs> final thing. Once again, weekend's coming. We want y'all to enjoy y'all weekend. And a lot of y'all listening to this on Apple AirPods. Apple has already instituted Apple Health. They know too damn much about us. They know about your finances, know what your face looks like, know what your fingerprint is. Apple has more information than the Federal Bureau of Investigations on me. Who asked for this this week goes from the good people over at Apple. Many people have updated their new phone to iOS 16. Just announced, and this is from techradar.com, and I noticed this when I updated my my iOS. (sighs) Apple is offering music lovers personalized spatial audio. Here, Apple plans to actually scan your ears to analyze the shape and use that mapping data to create what Craig uh, Federici, Senior Vice President of Software Engineering at Apple, called a more precise and immersive listening experience tuned for you. Who the hell asked for this? Who's like, yo, Apple, you need to map my ear. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. I mean, like, this is, this is what they do so well. They're realizing that they can't offer certain good. I mean, let's keep space made. iPhone's been trashed for like five years. The upgrades have been very insignificant. Like ever since Tim Cook took over as CEO, it's been about monetizing on the app store and services and it has nothing to do with the hardware. So pow, then they pow, try and give pow, you these features that, over here. I mean, it's just facts. And then they try and give you these features and they're all about inclusivity and about people, yet they still make all their phones over in slave shops, but whatever, that's a whole other story. Nonetheless, yeah, nobody asked for this. Like, don't be fooled by it. I actually uh, did read a couple of new features about the AirPod 2s that are pretty cool. Like, you can do the volume through a swipe up on the side of it. Like, little Which things Which they should like have that. been done. They should have been For done, sure. Honestly. But this is what they do. They hold back features, like, the same way with the new iPhone. Like, only one version of it has the dynamic island or whatever, but next year's 15 will be on all of them. They very well could have did it on all of them this year. But this is what they do because they don't innovate. They hold back features to make the next one a little bit more attractive. And to me, it's, that's whatever. It, you know, trying to just separate us from our money. They're doing a good job of it still because they're worth two and a half trillion dollars, but whatever, it's whack. Like uh, I've said this before. Now we have subscription as a service model. That limits innovation. There's no need to come up with anything new because I know you're going to pay this small amount every month. And so even right. with our cell phones, right? Like majority of people finance their cell phone. They don't pay the $1,100 up front. They pay a little per month. So I know I got you for two years. Eh, 
you're going to already buy the shit I got, and I don't have an incentive to innovate. Um, oof, once again, I didn't ask for that shit, but apparently now Apple is literally trying to find out every inch of my body. But they don't yeah, even have, like, limitless audio. So, like, I'm not going to get all nerdy about it. But, like, for those that don't know it, that's, like, the highest quality of audio that you can get. So you're you're offering this experience of, like, the surround sound audio, but you can't even give me the highest quality of audio. Like, even when on you their... said limitless, I thought about, like, the pill that Bradley Cooper was taking in the movie. <laughs> I literally did. I was like, damn, I ain't know Apple. If Apple got a limitless pill, okay, now you got me subscriptions. <laughs> Relax, Matrix. <laughs> as always we'd like to thank y'all for listening to the podcast if you like it give us that like if they love it Brandon what should they do each one teach one and if you can reach them put your people on so they can put their people in enjoy week three of the National Football League even though we told you absolutely nothing about it shout out to Browns uh-huh. for getting win last night we'll see y'all again next week see you.